0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Element City Church. We are so thrilled to have you here. Those of you who are joining us online from your home or wherever you may be, uh, thanks for checking it out and tuning in, or maybe you're watching this later this week. Uh, hello to you as well. So uh, if you are new, I met a couple of you. We are so thrilled to have you here. I know it takes courage coming to a new place, and so thanks for checking out Element City Church. We'd love to encourage you to, to maybe two things. One is to connect with us. And so we've got a way for you to do that. Just text the word hello to our text number, which is 520-340-6868. So whether you're online watching or here, you are welcome to do that. And then there will be a couple questions. Just click the link there, a couple of quick questions, and that will give us a chance to follow up with you and kind of answer any questions as you consider making Elements kind of your home church. With that, you can also download our free app. You can get that in the, in the app store of your choice, and we travel light. You can go everywhere. And then you can also tune in if you have to miss a week. You're welcome to, to watch us online, uh, as some folks are doing tonight. So uh, I want to let you know we have our E students. We have a couple E students heading out with manual Baptist Church students heading to summer camp this week, and it's kind of a, it's a different, unique summer in the sense that they're doing kind of Airbnb uh, down in Sierra Vista, which I know some of you are like, hey, uh, Jack just went in the dark. That's because we have power outages occasionally. So just letting you know. Uh, but we're back. See, that works out. Uh, but we would love to have you guys pray with us for the East students and for Emmanuel students. There's about 25 or so that are taking off uh, this uh, this whole week, Monday through Saturday. So be praying for them. That, that'll that be a great time, a safe time, a God time uh, for them. We'd love to invite you also to our second Saturday food distribution, which is next Saturday at 8.30 right here in the church parking lot. We're going to be giving out free food boxes. And if you are able on the Friday before that, so the second Friday, so that means this coming Friday, 830 at Carry Ministries, we are pre-boxing all of those food boxes. And so I can really use a few people that would come help us do that if you're able. And then Saturday, help us deliver and pass it out. So as we get started, I'm going to ask that you stand up where you're here. If you're at home, I don't know if you stand up or not. So you can choose if you want. Um, But if you're here, we'd love for you to stand up with us. We're getting ready to worship. Tonight we're praying for our church of the week, which is Oasis Church and Pastor Scott. And uh, we pray for a different church around Tucson because we believe in the capital C church, not just us. And so we want to ask God to bless Oasis Church where they are in the southeast and for God to move through them and to move through our time together tonight. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful to gather uh, and to worship together, whether we're online are here. God, we want to center ourselves in you and look to you, Jesus. We want to give all of our best praise and worship our attention in your direction tonight. God, we pray for Oasis Church and Pastor Scott. We ask your blessing over them and over the ministry that they have. Would you continue to expand their ability to reach people? We know there's a million plus people in the city and the surrounding area that aren't connected to any faith community. And so we're asking that you would leverage Oasis Church to make a difference in the lives of people and to meet people with your love and your grace and your hope and we pray that tonight would be a night that we get to interact with your holy spirit uh, and that your hope and your love and your grace would move in our midst we pray in jesus name everyone said amen
1: well good evening church let's put our hands together We're excited to worship with you today. Let's sing. Arise my soul, remember this. He took my sin and he buried I saved my soul All else is lost Sure.
2: can't do. Do you believe that? Yeah, just one word. You calm the storm that surrounds me. With just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Yeah, just one touch. I feel the presence of Him. There's nothing Just one time power like the power of jesus so let faith arise and let all agree there's no power like the power of The mm-hmm. I you.
3: look at a creation in Psalm 33, it says, just from, from your breath, you're able to form uh, the heavens, the earth out of nothing, just out of the void. You formed it simply when you breathed out. And so we can look at this creation that's all around us. And God, we see your fingerprints in all of it. We see that you've made it, you've called it good. You made it for your glory and you made it for our enjoyment. So that when we see these things, they would remind us of you. So that's what we stop to do right now, Jesus. We stop to remember you, to lift up your name. I love that your word says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so we make that decision tonight. We're gonna confess that you're Lord. And it's through you and your blood that we get to enter into the presence of the Father. And so as we gather to worship, it's always about you, Jesus. And so, Father, would you create the space in our hearts tonight to receive your word? Would you open our eyes to see wonderful things in it? Would you give us ears to hear the good news that we need to hear tonight so that we can grow to be more like your son, Jesus. So we love you. We trust you with this time. Would you be glorified in it and all that's said, all that's done. Lord Jesus, it's in your precious and holy name that we pray, everyone said,
0: so good to worship with you and uh, to worship together. And <clears throat> We're so glad that you're here. Uh, as Lyle was kind of leading that just time to set our hearts, um, I hope you know as pastors, as leaders, we have some deep wishes for you, some prayers that we pray often for you. And One of those prayers this month uh, is always that you would know Jesus and that you would follow him, and maybe you're here and you're kind of on your own spiritual journey, or maybe you're tuning in online, and maybe you've never come to that place where you've said yes to Jesus and fallen after him and surrendered your life to his leadership and to his rescue of you, but you're on that search where you're kind of trying to search for something of significance to fill some of that void in you, And, and I am so stinking proud of you. Uh, for being a part of that journey. And and you may not be there yet, and that's okay. You don't have to be part of the convinced to be in a spiritual journey toward Jesus because he's making a journey toward you. And so I hope that you're surprised by that. One of our prayers for this month for you is that you would grow in wisdom uh, because it, it, it leads to the best possible way of living life. And so that's what we're going to spend this month looking at in the book of Proverbs. So if you want to turn to Proverbs, uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, there might be some Bibles in the seats in front of you, you kind of open up to the middle, you're probably going to get Psalms, you kind of go one book to the right, you're going to hit Proverbs. And we've been challenging one another since June 1st, so if you're new, it's fine, today is June, what, 6th, right? So we've been challenging ourselves to read the proverbs of the day and here's how that works. Today is June 6th. So guess what chapter you would read today? Six. 6. You guys are so stinking intelligent. It's amazing. So like that would be this that would be the chapter you would read today. Like tomorrow would be the 7th, you would read The seventh chapter, so like, you see how this works, and so we're challenging our whole church, uh, whether you're online or here, is to say, hey, go on this journey with us, because there's something about wisdom that will help you live the best possible kind of life, the life that God actually wants you to experience. And so uh, here's the reality about wisdom. You can find wisdom in a lot of different places. Uh, you can find wisdom. Most people have had wisdom passed on to them from their parents. And Now, some of that I know comes if you're a kid uh, in the uh, the you know, or a teenager, probably more so. You might be in the, the physical stance of like the. Oh, When you do that, you're actually getting wisdom in that minute, but you don't want to hear it. And I get it, because I was there too. And like, so, but you have to understand, that's part of wisdom being passed on to you and, and passed on to you. It could be simple things. I remember, and hopefully this isn't too crude, but like camping with my dad when I was young, and he just said, listen, he who pees uphill soon gets wet feet. I never forgot that. I was like, okay, go the other direction. Okay, like just... It's just in my head, it was there, okay, it's simple things, right, we tell our kids, don't put your hand on the stove, why, because it's hot, we want them to have wisdom, hey, don't be dumb, don't do this, it's going to hurt you, right, because we want them to have wisdom to live life, simple things, it-, it could be more complex and bigger and grander things, like I remember my parents kind of passing on and, uh, and saying, listen, be a person, when you give your word, keep your word, because then people can trust your word. And I was like, man, i, I got to own that. i got to hold on to that. That's some wisdom for life, some life lessons for us. So it can be simple things, and it could be uh, more complex or, or more grandiose type things. But the reality is uh, we're to live with wisdom. So a couple of years back, I started gathering what I have affectionately called life lessons. And you've heard me talk about this before if you've been around. That And uh, life lesson was simply, hey, as I was raising my kids... I would say, "Hey, it's life lesson time." And they would roll their eyes, and I would say, "Okay, I'm on the clock. I got 60 seconds to give like life lesson." that I want you to remember. So I would, because a preacher talks for a long time. So 60 seconds, I gotta be quick about this. Here's the life lesson I want you to get. Here's the wisdom piece I want you to hold on to. Uh, And I would have 60 seconds. They would roll their eyes. But I'm hoping they would get it. And so two years ago, I actually started printing out this list of things. And I hung it on their door. I have a picture to show you. So if you want this, I will actually text it to you. But it's kind of cool to see. And I was like, okay, it's time to do a new one. Because every Thursday, uh, with my youngest, we did donuts with dad, uh, because it was late start day. So this whole year, we went through one each single week. And we'd get donuts and coffee, because that's cool. And, and then I would get a minute to say, okay, here's what we talked about. And then, like, here's why that matters and why that's important. And then she would read the verse of the day. And we would, oh, okay, we made it through that one again. Oh, okay. So we would only take five minutes to do it. But it was trying to pass on wisdom, because I want them to grow in wisdom. And occasionally, as it hangs on their door, I would go by and maybe, like, with a highlighter. and Just highlight one. Because I was hoping maybe they would see that as they come back from the restroom and they would go, oh, Dad highlighted that one. I should pay attention to that one. Uh, I know that probably didn't happen, but I figured over the time, over a year or two, they would do that. And wisdom is something we want to pass on. How many of you would say, you know I had some wisdom passed on to me from coaches or teachers or parents from your past. Raise your hand. You'd say, I, I've been the benefactor of some people passing on wisdom and insight into me. And I've become better for that. Uh, Maybe you read H. Jackson Brown, the same thing for his uh, son who was going off to college. He wrote a book called Life's Little Instruction Book. Anyone ever read that? It sold millions of copies. I don't know if it's good. But so (laughs) there you go. Uh, But approximately 3,000 years ago, Solomon kind of put together the book of Proverbs. And it's chocked full of wisdom for us to live a good godly life. Now, we can get wisdom out in the world, but godly wisdom will guide you the most and the best and the furthest toward the life that you really, truly want to have and to experience. And so this collection of wisdom is put down in the book of Proverbs. A lot of folks don't read it. Uh, I was challenged early on in my high school years to read the proverb of the day. I've probably read through Proverbs 30 times in my lifetime uh, in the sense of just Roger was one of my mentors, challenged me, Hey, if you want to grow in wisdom and in leadership, like you got to read this. And so I just started doing the proverb of the day. And I would read and I would reflect. And that's kind of what we're challenging you to do this month or this summer is to read and reflect. God, what do you have for me in here that I need to put to practice that will actually help me live the kind of life I want? See, we live in the information age. If you have a smartphone, You can get access to information at your fingertips 24-7. You could know anything you want to know. But here's what I'm convinced about. We may have access to all the kinds of information that we need or would ever want. But I don't know that many people who live wisely. And so you may have all the information you need. And that doesn't automatically translate into living with wisdom. Eugene Peterson, a pastor and scholar, says this, Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves in. It's living skillfully into those moments of life. See, here's the truth for every single one of us when it comes to wisdom, when it comes to our life. Wisdom is not automatic. How many of you would say you know some people who wisdom is not high on the radar screen of their life? Right? Now, some of you raised your hand and it's you. (laughs) No, I was kidding. Wisdom is not automatic, but it can be acquired. It can be acquired. So, a verse by verse study of the book of Proverbs speaks into so many areas of life that we all have to navigate. It speaks about the tongue, our words, how we use them, about discipline, about God, about anger, strife and violence, about parenting, about righteous living, about dealing with other people. How do you do that? How do you deal with people who struggle with pride? How do you deal with humility? How do you grow humility? How do you deal with wealth and prosperity in so many other areas of life that you all have to navigate and I do too? And the Proverbs has so much wisdom for us to hold on to. Historically, the book is broken into about two different portions. Sometimes scholars put it in three, but really chapters one through nine are kind of the, the infrastructure of why wisdom matters. It has some wise sayings, but it's really about here's why you need to seek it. And then chapters 10 through 31 are all about, okay, here's the wisdom-like bullet point dump of, here's just wise saints. Solomon wrote about 3,000 uh, wise saints. Why did he write that? What made him so special? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Some backstory for him. But wisdom for us to hold. The book of Proverbs is not all 3,000 of what he wrote. You can read uh, a little bit of how that was annotated in 1 Kings chapter 3 and chapter 4 that kind of give the story a little bit of Solomon and why he wrote this. But Proverbs has taken a few of those sections. There's about three other authors that are credited with some things and and put together into this book from about 3,000 years ago that says, here's how you want to live the best possible life, this good, godly kind of life. Here's how some aspects, some practical, tangible things about that. So here's Solomon's backstory, right? The story goes about Solomon. Solomon is David's son. He's the one that's tasked to build the temple for the Lord. David passes Solomon is there and now he's a young ruler over the nation of Israel and you're put in charge and God shows up in a dream and says Solomon ask me anything you want Nothing about that That's like a god genie moment right And into this moment here's how Solomon responds God would you give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to be able to distinguish between right And wrong. God's impressed with that answer and says, Not only will I give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you everything else too. Solomon becomes the richest man ever, with the most power, and the wisest person to ever live outside of Jesus. And so Solomon's granted this. Now, ask yourself this question honestly. If God were to show up in a dream to you and ask you, Hey, ask me anything that you'd want, would you choose wisdom? Because if I'm honest, I probably wouldn't be my first choice. Anything I want? Wouldn't that be your reaction? Naturally. And so what this speaks to is is Solomon's character. What it speaks to is the the wisdom of Solomon, even in that moment, to say, you know what? What I need most is wisdom because it will actually help me in everything else in life that I have to navigate. And God blesses him for that. It says that Solomon was the wisest person to ever live, and I'll put it outside of Jesus. And so there's credit that people come from near and far to, to see and to learn from his wisdom. You'll read the story in 1 Kings chapter 4 of like this whole idea of, do you remember the story of the two women and they had the one baby and they were going to, Solomon's like cut it in half, and then the real mom goes, no, 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 don't do that. That was Solomon, if you ever heard that story. Because of the wisdom of the moment that he was given, God gave him wisdom. Here's what Solomon realized. If I have wisdom, you'll not only be able to make money, you'll know how to keep it. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to find and develop lasting friendships. If you have wisdom, you'll know what to say and when to say it and when to say nothing at all. When you have wisdom, you'll know how to avoid a lot of the misery that people bring on themselves. You'll know how to maximize your personal happiness. With wisdom, you'll be able to raise your kids well. You'll have wisdom. You'll be able to sleep at night because you're not dreading the consequences of earlier decisions. When you have wisdom, you have everything. And so the call through the scriptures is to seek wisdom. So how do you get it? Well, we can get it in a lot of places. It's passed on to us, but that's kind of earthly wisdom. Where do you find godly wisdom? Well, I'm just going to throw out the easy answer here. Where do you think we find godly wisdom? This would be the Sunday school answer, the Bible. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Like the scriptures would teach about wisdom. We see it in the stories of people. We see it in the book of Proverbs specifically. Godly wisdom is far greater than any fortune cookie saying. You know fortune cookies are American made, right? Okay, just burst in your bubble if you didn't. Uh, When you get wisdom from God, it proves right in every time. The New Testament quotes from Proverbs 35 different times. It refers back to this wisdom we have It Here's why Solomon writes... Proverbs. He says so in the very couple uh, first verses of chapter one. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand insights from the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, help them do what's right and what's just and what's fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young. You want to seek wisdom. In fact, here's the challenge. Not only for this month, read the Proverbs of the day, but the challenge ultimately is to devote the rest of your life to seek wisdom. You will be the one who benefits as you do that, as you seek God's wisdom. See, in the book of Proverbs, it addresses four different kinds of people. And the reality is those four kinds of people are in this room. They are you. They are me. And we will all sit in what I'm going to call four different seats as it comes to how we navigate and how we engage in life. Uh, You may see responses to scenarios and situations that happen. You may have heard people respond in this way. Well, that won't ever happen to me. It's all going to work out fine. Some people respond that way. When scenarios and situations come their way. Some say, well, that may happen to me, but I don't care. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God thinks. I don't care. And so sometimes people respond that way. It may happen to me, but who are you to preach at me? Some people respond that way. When it comes to circumstances and situations. Hey, that actually describes something I want. That seems smart, I want to know more about that. And that is a response of people. See, the four different seats are important for us to understand. Uh, The first one that Proverbs talks about is the simple. Uh, These are people who don't have a lot of life experience. I'm going to say something, and it's not to offend you. If you're in middle school, this is the seat you're in. That's not a knock on you. It's the reality of life. You haven't had much life yet, and so you approach things from a simple perspective. For some people, they're the fool, and they don't care what things say. They don't care about wisdom. They're just going to do it their way. And we know people like this because they keep repeating the same. Uh, they keep repeating the same trouble spots in life. And nothing ever seems to change. It's the same cycle over and over. We know people who sit in the seat of a mocker. And they just mock the people who are trying to do the right thing or trying to do the wise thing. And they just have criticism as a part of who they are. Or maybe you sit in the wise seat. Where you approach life from wisdom, from a godly perspective. And so, the book of Proverbs actually talks to these four kinds of audiences. And here's the truth about each of these. You and I will spend time in all four. What you want is to spend the most of your time toward the wisdom seat. That you would log more time there than anywhere else. But we can move back and forth in seasons and in moments and in situations, can't we? How many of you have ever done something really foolish? And in hindsight, you go, that was really foolish. Yeah, you sat in that seat. How many of you have ever answered someone with criticism in the moment? Yeah, because you were logging time in that seat. How many of you just, sometimes you just wake up and you got no clue. You don't know. It's because sometimes you're logging time in that seat. Maybe you would say, hey, I've logged some time in wisdom. Here's what Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 23 says this about these seats. Wisdom shouts in the streets. It's kind of this personification of wisdom, the voice of wisdom going out. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds among the main street, to those gathered at the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long, you mockers, relish your mocking. How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to me, and I will share my heart with you and make you wise. See, what you want is to sit in the seat of wisdom. So the simple people, if you're simple, you may not even know that you're simple, and that's okay. In fact, by the time you figure out that you're simple, you probably move seats. And so you made some progress. Remember, wisdom is not automatic, but it can be acquired. We all start as a person in the seat of simple, because we don't have a lot of life experience, especially when we're young. The simple person just lacks experience. The simple person thinks they can figure out life all on their own. I don't need you. How many of you reach the age where you realize you can't do it all on your own? That's called wisdom. You, you woke up to wisdom in that. The simple person repeatedly walks into trouble. We know people like this. We may long time there ourselves, who just continually, repeatedly walk themselves into trouble because they're satisfied or stuck sitting in the seat of simple. Proverbs 22.3 says this, "'A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes on blindly and suffers consequences.'" That's how a person that's sitting in the seat of simpleton just approaches life, and they end up facing that. The fool says, the fool knows the difference between right and wrong, but they just don't care. They brush off consequences. They lack foresight. A fool thinks their actions or their sins is no big deal. Proverbs 10:23 says this, doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. Proverbs 15, two, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness. I just love that. The Bible is so pictorial in a lot of ways. Do you know some people who belch out foolish, foolishness in their life? Are you around? Maybe they're a coworker maybe they're a family member, maybe they're a friend that you know, but you kind of keep at a distance because you, you realize they, they impact you. Fools repeat the same mistakes over and over and over, Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their foolishness. Same thing, over and over. The only way for a fool to change is to actually get to the place where they have to face the full consequences of their actions. And then maybe they would wake up and go, I don't like being in this seat anymore. And I want to move. I want to change. See, the companion of a fool, they also suffer harm. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. And the reality is who you associate with will impact you and your life. We know this to be true, don't we? That who we hang around actually influences us, actually impacts us. And that doesn't mean we can't, that we avoid people necessarily. But it means if I want to grow wise, I want to hang around, guess who? Wise people. If I want to grow in wisdom, I need to hang around people. Maybe you can think of it this way. The simple person is clueless, often. The fool is careless. The mocker is critical. Do you know, people, that this describes who they are? The simple person clueless. The fool is careless. The mocker is just critical all the time of where they're at. The mocker is a person who is just like the fool, maybe a little bit different, except they've been chosen or they choose to be critical in how they approach things. They, uh, they try to, you try to discipline a fool and they will ignore you, but you discipline a mocker and they will come back at you. Proverbs 9, 8 says this, so don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. <clears throat> when people correct you, what does that do to you on the inside? When people challenge you or correct you or try to critique in a loving way, people who love you, when they critique you, how do you respond? Because that will tell you what seat you're sitting in. That if people who love you care about you or trying to critique or trying to help a little bit, if you respond in a critical nature all the time, every time, then, friend, I don't have to tell you what seat you're sitting in. You just told yourself. See, a wise person says, hey, there's something here. I don't like hearing that, but maybe I have a blind spot in life, and and maybe what I'm hearing right now is, dang it, it's for my good. And so I'm going to hold on to that. A wise person will actually take some of that critique and go, maybe there's some changes I need to make. See, that's the challenge when it comes to this, because you will determine what seat you sit in, only you. It ain't your spouse, it ain't your mom or dad, it isn't your friend. You get to choose what seat you will sit in. And only you get to choose that. Now, you can log time in the simple or in the fool or locker, but I'm going to tell you what you want. If you and I were just having coffee at Starbucks and hanging out and talking, my hunch is you would say, man, I really want to log more time here. Like, it feels like that would be the best way to live life. And I would tell you, as someone who's been down the road a little bit, it is. It's actually the best way to live life. Because I've logged time with other ones. They're not too pretty sometimes. And I'm the one who suffers, and so do you. And so we listen to advice. Mockers tend to drag everyone down with them. The Bible says, here's how you deal with a mocker. You throw them out. And the fighting goes away. The quarrels and the insults, they disappear. You can't deal with it. What you have to do in the moment is just pray. Because you can't correct someone who's just being critical of you and critical back at you because they don't want to hear it. Okay. Then I'm just going to pray because it's going to take a miracle of God to change that for you to get to the place where you want a different seat. And so here's the challenge for you and for me. You get to choose what seat you're going to be in. Now, here's what I know about me. I feel like I've logged a lot more time over the last 20 years. Like at 50, I'm a whole lot more in this seat than I was at 20. But at 50, there are still times when I slide down to this seat or I sit in the full seat and listen, if I'm honest, there are some times I just want to, I don't want to hear it. And I'll sit in this seat. And it usually takes God prompting me to go, hey, uh, you're in the wrong seat, buddy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so the simple, okay, I'm not going to be foolish about life. I'm not going to ignore things. I'm, I'm not going to just be oblivious or naive to everything. I'm actually going to work. I'm going to study. See, Proverbs says it's important for you to get education. It's important for you to think for yourself. And to actually process things and not just go along with what everybody else says, but to actually think. The Proverbs say, <laughs> look, don't be a fool. Don't just not care because that actually just hurts you. And you may think you're thumbing your nose at everybody else, but you're the one who's suffering. And so don't get stuck in that seat. And don't be the person who just gets to be critical all the time. You know what? Here's the, here's the truth. The people that are sitting in that seat, do you even want to be around them? No. Nobody does. Why? Because it's draining. And it's a pain in the butt, isn't it? I'm just being honest. And so sometimes you have to recognize, I don't want to be in that. I want to be here. Because it's actually the best possible way to live life. And as a person who seeks wisdom, the more you seek it, you'll be able to get there. So here's the question. Where are you sitting in life? Which chair? It may be this season right now, it may be this moment right now, but where do you sit most of the time? Because wisdom is not automatic, but it can be acquired. That's the truth. Maybe the greatest takeaway from the whole book of Proverbs is found in Proverbs chapter 9 verses 10 through 12. Here's what it says. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. If you want to build a solid life, you need to have a solid foundation. right? The fear of the Lord, meaning God, you're big, I'm little and I'm going to keep that in the right perspective. God, you're big. You matter most and so I'm going to let you matter most even when I really want to matter but I'm I'm going to kind of surrender myself underneath you. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days. It will add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one who benefits. If you scorn wisdom, push it aside, you will be the one who suffers. That's straight talk from the scripture right in your grill you want to add to your life? you want to live a long life? Do you want to be the person who benefits? Well, then aim for this seat. Because you're going to be the one who benefits. If you ignore it, and you can, then you'll be the one who suffers. And that's your choice. But maybe choose something better. Wisdom blesses your life like nothing else can. In fact, we're told to spend our lives seeking wisdom to pursue it like a treasure almost. That's what the scriptures kind of get at. Uh, Keith, in January 1 of 2008, it was December of that year, he and his son Adrian were, they found some coins on the sidewalk as they were walking out of the store, right? And they decided, they kind of came up with this pledge of, hey, you know what, we're going to spend next year searching 15 minutes a day just for treasure, and we're going to see how much we get at the end of the year. So Keith and his son Adrian kind of started looking at 15 minutes a day starting January 1st, 2008. They went out in the rain, in the, the snow, and they just looked for treasure. And they looked to find things that they could pawn off. They looked to find loose change. After a year, guess what they found? A thousand dollars worth of stuff. Just by looking for loose change in the ground, they found a silver necklace that they pawned. They found something else that they pawned. And they added it up at the end of the year. Fifteen minutes a day, they found a thousand bucks. Here's what that says to you. Intentional searching leads to treasure. Duh. Okay, that's not an epiphany. That is a reality. Meaning, if you're intentional about seeking something, you will find it. So when the scriptures say, Seek wisdom... They're telling you to be, and they're telling me to be, intentional about seeking out wisdom. If you're asking God for it, if you're intentionally seeking, guess what you're going to find? The treasure of wisdom. You will discover it. It's not automatic, but it can be acquired. Do you know about the greatest, largest buried treasure in America? Have you ever heard about it? The Saddle Ridge Horde was found in February of 2013. A couple who owned property were walking their dog in the morning. They spotted what appeared to be a rusted portion of a can sticking out of the ground. They dug it up. It was super heavy, like full of lead. They got it back to the house, opened it up, and it had hundreds of gold coins in it. So being smart, the next day they went back to that same area and dug around. Over the next couple of weeks, they found eight cans. That were buried there. They pulled it out. It was over 1,400 gold coins with a face value of 27,980 bucks. Do you know what that tells you? They weren't in Arizona because you cannot dig in the ground out here. They were somewhere else where it rained, or so. But it tells you they were persistent. They were intentional about it. The actual—that was the face value. The Uh, value by those who estimated the value for collectors of that was $10 million they found in their backyard. The greatest treasure we've seen in America. Now, it's interesting. Here's what Solomon writes about that same idea of treasure. My child, listen to Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 7. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to. Wisdom, concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them like you would for what? Silver. Seek them like a hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. You'll gain knowledge of God, for God grants wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to those who seek it, to the honest. So throughout the scripture, primarily in Proverbs, we're told, seek wisdom like it's a treasure. Because the reality is you will sit in one of these four seats. You get to choose which one. And only you get to choose which one. So seek wisdom like it's a treasure. Go after it. Crave it. Here's the definition I'm going to give to wisdom for this series that I'm working on. Wisdom is the ability to do the right thing, the good thing, and the godly thing in the moment you're in. Wisdom is the ability to do the right thing, the good thing, and the godly thing in every moment you're in. What I know about you is that's what you want. Because that's what I want. I want to do the right thing. I want to do the good thing for people. And listen, sometimes the good thing is not the easy thing. Sometimes the good thing is actually tough love kind of thing. Sometimes it's tough love even on yourself. It's it's not always getting everything you want. It's, It's pushing it off for a while. To say, no, that's not the good thing for me. It's the godly thing. I want to do that in the moments I'm in. I want to be a wise person. When I was challenged in the high school, that's what I wanted. I'm a long way from high school. It's still what I want. I have people ask me all the time, hey, how can we pray for you? My number one answer, pray for wisdom. I want it too the right thing, the good thing, the godly thing, in every moment I'm in, I will fail. For some of you, I have failed you in that moment. I'm sorry. I want to get it right. Because I want this seat. I don't want the others. Because I'm the one who loses when I log time there. But I'm the one who wins, and the people around me win when I sit in this seat. So friend, that's what you want. How does this begin? I think it all begins in the reality of having a relationship with the wisest person ever, Jesus. The reality, uh, what you're going to read this week, because today is the sixth, in two days it'll be what? The eighth. Proverbs 8 really is the personification of wisdom as Jesus. It's written way before Jesus. But if you read it through the lens of Jesus, you will see him. Jesus was there at the creation, creating all things. He's the one that was the active working of God, making everything happen. And Proverbs 8 is all about wisdom. It's all about the wisdom's voice going out, and you want it. It starts with a relationship with him. And maybe you've been on a spiritual journey, and friend, here's what I want to just challenge you with. Have you ever come to the place where you've said, man, I need Jesus. I've been around him. I've been searching kind of at him a little bit. But have you ever actually said yes to him and said, I want to surrender my life to your leadership and to your love for me. And I want to live as a person with wisdom. That's where this really begins. That's the foundation, the fear of the Lord. It's not being afraid of God. It's recognizing that God is big and you're little. And that he's so big, he actually loves you. And he actually made a way for you to have a relationship with him through faith in his son, Jesus. That Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection paved the way for that to be a reality. And that having faith in Jesus, man, you get life with God now and forevermore. And that's the best, wisest decision you will ever make. You're going to have to make a lot of other decisions. We're going to look at that in a couple of weeks. We're going to look at decisions about wealth and prosperity. How do you deal with that? We're going to look next week at wisdom and relationships. How do you, what if the Bible actually had a top 10 list of here's things you could do to have better relationships? Well, we're going to look at that. Next week, come back. But I think it's this truth that it really begins with saying I want to trust Jesus and lead him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So here's what James chapter 1 says. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to us generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Here's the challenge. Seek wisdom. Make it your lifelong goal to seek it more and more, to log more time in this seat next year than you did this year, and the year after that, and the decade after that, because you're the one who benefits And everyone around you does as well. And so, Father, that's what we pray. As we get ready to enter into this last worship song and just end our evening, God, we pray that this would be a month of us seeking wisdom. As we just kind of challenge ourselves to read the proverb of the day. And I pray that each day as folks read it, they take those three or four minutes just to, to... to kind of seek out the wisdom that you have for us, godly wisdom that will help us do the right, the good, the godly thing in the moments we're in. God, I pray that you'd meet them. God, for any here who have never really started that relationship with Jesus, I pray that they would come to it, that maybe at the end of this month, this journey in wisdom, they would see that wisdom isn't a philosophy, it's a person. It's the person of Jesus that loves them and wants to meet and live life with them from now on into eternity. So Father, as we worship you in this song, would you stir within each heart here, each heart watching online, a craving to pick the seat we want to sit in more. We, we want that to be wisdom. So would you give us the courage to pursue that? To search after it like a hidden treasure, which takes effort, takes focus. We want to be those kind of people. God, I I pray for your church, not just elements, but church universal. God, we want to be a church that speaks with wisdom to a culture that is desperately searching for answers. God, forgive us as the church for sometimes sitting in the simple seat and just being naive and turning a deaf ear to the world around us. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be foolish with the voice that you've given us. We certainly don't want to mock the culture around us. Forgive us for the ways that we've done that. As your church, we want to live with a, a voice of wisdom that can meet people where they're at and call them to something better. So would you grow us as your church, this little slice of the kingdom you've given us to 10 but your church universal, God. Would you help your church speak with a voice of wisdom like Jesus, we pray.
4: let stand as we worship Jesus. just what to do.
3: so much for joining us tonight uh it's just been a pleasure to to worship with you uh a couple things before we we head out if you're new tonight we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you so we've got the 10 minute party that's going on in the back we're going to be back there just for 10 minutes you don't have to be there for all 10 minutes but i promise you, if you go back there and it's your first time and you fill out that connection card you will get a bag of kettle corn that we like to call the best kettle corn south of the grand canyon that's an attraction right like that's a draw i feel like maybe you don't like kettle corn we'll find something else for you if you don't uh so yeah feel free to do that and if you're online uh our host can put in a, a link there you can just make a comment in the comment field but there should be a link where you can fill out that connection card online and we haven't figured out how to mail the popcorn We've, we know how to mail the popcorn we're just not going to do it because we're lazy be honest but if you come, uh, we'll give you the popcorn the first time that you come. So how about that? We can uh, we can make it work. That's what we'll do. Uh, so a couple other things too. Uh, again, don't forget, read the proverb of the day with us. We're gonna be going through the book of Proverbs all month. Uh, we've got this coming Friday is gonna be, uh, we need to get a couple people together to pack some food boxes because we're gonna be giving that out at our second Saturday food distribution. So there's more information in the app. Feel free to jump in there. That's where all the addresses are. If you can join us, both of them are gonna be at 830. We'd love to see you there. We'd love to uh, have you join us as we get to make an impact in the community. Uh, And then finally, this is kind of cool. We are so on pace right now. We're like right on pace to make our budget for the fiscal year. So that's gonna be ending at the end of this month. This is two years in a row that we've been able to do it. Well, we hope. Last year was the first year in a while, and we're hoping that we're gonna be able to do it again. And so if you've got uh, some extra tithes or offerings, uh, we just wanna say first and foremost, thank you for those of you who do tithe regularly. Uh, We understand that that's saying something. We understand that uh, there's integrity that needs to be there with the way that we use this money to make an impact in the kingdom. But that's uh, what we enjoy is getting to partner with you to do this ministry. Uh, And so real ministry takes real money. Uh, So if you've got uh, a tie that you wanna give, we've got the the boxes in the back. You can drop them off there. Most people give online these days anyway, which is also in in the app. Oh man. That's right. It's in the app. We're doing so well. So Proverbs 8.20 says this. It it talks about wisdom as being able to navigate life between the boundaries of God's righteousness and God's justice. That's our prayer for you this week. Would you grow in wisdom and grow in being able to navigate between the, the boundaries of God's righteousness and justice? We love you. We hope you have a great week and we hope to
2: see you soon.